Hear the word of the Lord as found in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, the first 19 verses. This is the story of the conversion of Saul. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests who bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the word of the Lord. So the story of Saul and Paul and Ananias is a Hollywood blockbuster in the making. It's basically a rom-com. It really is. It's, it's, you know, it's opposites attracts, really. You got Saul, the mean guy who's kind of grizzled and committed to his career, and Ananias, the kind of sweet person who eventually changes him and makes him into a nice person. Right, and then they get together in the end. It's the plot to every romantic comedy I've ever watched. <clears throat> but it's not often how we think about Paul as the star of a romantic comedy. In fact, most often when we hear this story, all we think about is Paul, because we know the end of the story. Paul gets a lot of play later in the Acts of the Apostles. Paul sort of becomes the main player in the Christian story. And so we miss out on the other really important person in the story. 
In fact, if you asked me who was the more important person in the story, I would say it's Ananias. You see, Ananias is minding his own business. He's a devout Christian follower sitting in his home one night when God sends a message to him. He says, Ananias, you know that guy who's been out killing all of your friends? You know that guy? I need you to go and help him. I need you to go and help him. And this is a consistent message all the way through the Bible. God tells us all the time to do nice things to people who are not so nice. Remember that time when Jesus told us to pray for our enemies? And to be kind to those who persecute you? Remember how Jesus told us to turn our other cheek if someone strikes us? It's one of the few messages in the Bible that are absolutely clear. And it's that Christians are called to kindness. Kindness, even when we don't feel like it. Even when the other person doesn't deserve it. And so the bravest thing that anyone has ever done is to leave their house, walk down the road, and heal Paul. The Lord said, go, and Ananias went. And it's just the truth. It's just the truth about being a Christian. It's that God calls us all of the time to leave where we are comfortable and go to where we are not comfortable. God never leaves people alone in their little spaces to just be comfortable, to feel nice. Jesus doesn't really care whether you feel nice, whether you feel safe or comfortable, whether your faith is the kind that is so solid that it never changes or wavers, that you never feel anything different. You never hear God any differently. God is always sending people out. God sends the disciples out. Jesus sends the 70 out. Jesus sends the 12 out. And he says, don't even take a cloak with you. Just go. And Paul says, I don't bring anything with me. You don't need to pay me any money. I'm just going to make some tents, and I'm going to rely on the kindness of strangers to fund my mission. God is always calling people out from their safe place, from the place where they feel comfortable, from the place where they are okay with it into a place that's uncomfortable or hard or difficult, the place that they don't want to go. And when our faith is such that we feel like we know everything and we've done the same thing over and over again and everybody that we know feels the same way and thinks the same way as we do, then we are not where God is. Because God always sends us out. Sends us out to talk to people who aren't so nice, maybe aren't so clean. Talk to people who don't always agree with us, who have different thoughts than us. God is always sending us into the uncomfortable places. Now I want to put a little nuance on that. I'm not saying that God is sending you out to be in a dangerous place where you should risk your life. Maybe God is calling you to do that. Some people are called to do that. I saw this morning a notice from the Presbyterian Disaster Assist Mission Agency that one of our Presbyterian co-workers, the people that our denomination sends overseas, um, has been put on the Chinese Communist Party's watch list. 
And there was literally a parade through the town with her face on it, declaring her an enemy of the state. Now this is a Presbyterian. This is somebody that we support with our money. She has gone to the uncomfortable place to minister. I wonder how many of us are even willing to leave our own homes to minister to the people's next door. Or maybe your uncomfortable place looks a little bit different. In just a little bit, the choir is going to sing us a song um, entitled It Is Well. It's one of my favorite hymns. I don't know if you know the story of this hymn. But in case you don't, it was written by a man named, uh, his first name was Horatio, and he was a lawyer. He was a lawyer in Chicago, and um, his, his son died, his four-year-old son died. And then immediately after his four-year-old son died was the great fire of Chicago, completely wiped out the city. So he lost his son, he lost his house, he lost his job. And then he got inspired, he got called to go on a missionary journey to England with Dwight Moody. And he and his whole family were going to go to England together. Um, and something with the great fire that he had to do for his job kept him behind. So he sent his daughters and his wife to England first. And halfway to England, their boat runs into another boat and immediately sinks. And all he gets back in Chicago is a telegram. Remember back in the day of telegrams? And it says, saved alone. So in the course of two years, he lost his son, his house, his job, and three daughters. And that's hard enough, but you know what he did after that? This is the part that's always amazed me about this story. He got on a boat. He got on a boat, and he went to England, because that's where God was calling him to go. And as he passed the spot where his daughters died, he wrote this hymn. It is well with my soul. No matter what will come, no matter what will happen, no matter what situation God's put you in, no matter where God calls you to go, it is well with my soul. And so if we're going to be light that shines in the darkness, we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. We have to be willing to go to the places we may not want to go. We have to be unafraid. Because in the end, what is it we have to lose? What is it we have to lose? Just earth stuff, right? It is well with our soul. And so whatever comes, whatever we find, whatever we encounter, whatever difficulties come our way because we are being kind, because we are being God's people, it is not the end of the story. It will be well. We have nothing to lose. God is with us every step of the way. And so maybe it's time to get up and to be a little uncomfortable. Maybe it's time to share with people who are not so kind. Maybe it's time to be God's people in the world, even when it's hard. Because we don't have anything to lose. It is well. Amen.